I realized every time I thought I wanted closure with an ex so badly, what I really wanted was to see if he would regret fucking up. What I really wanted was for him to regret it, to fight for me. I was seeking validation, not closure. Chapter 16, Soulmate Stew. We have the art of flirting all wrong. Most of us are trying to flirt without being plugged into pleasure. It's like trying to paint without a paintbrush. Pleasure's the tool, the source, the power. And you, my love, are the creator. You decide what gets drawn on the canvas. In my case, the more I allow myself to wear the lingerie, sip the Dom Perignon on a random Monday, and buy the Gucci bag, the more I am overflowing. When I am in overflow, I attract because I do not need. Maybe overflow for you isn't as fanciful, but my inner Taurus son can't help but be enchanted by luxurious experiences. I always imagined in my fantasy I'd meet my soulmate like this. I'd be dressed in a cherry red dress with a slit up the side, high heels on, with red lips to match, of course. I would be sitting alone at a cute Parisian cafe outside, sipping a latte and eating a croissant, buzzing from my beautiful life. You know those moments when you're just so happy? Maybe I would be an author visiting Paris for inspiration on my next book. Whatever the case may be, in this vision, I am always dressed like a woman in a fashion magazine. All of a sudden, this tall, muscular, nicely dressed man walks out of the cafe and locks eyes with me. My heart beats fast because I can't actually believe a man that handsome would be staring me down like I was his next meal. He comes and introduces himself, his voice deep and sexy. In my fantasy, he's also an American, perhaps even a cowboy. I guess I have a little thing for country boys. For some reason, he's visiting Paris. It's love at first sight. My ring finger begins to tingle, something I always said would happen when I meet my soulmate, and we spend the rest of the afternoon in deep conversation. That one day turns into a forever. But instead, here I am with my ex-boyfriend's sweatpants on in an oversized Tony Soprano shirt curled up on my couch in Nashville with a cup of tea. It was a stormy Saturday evening. The summer rain in Tennessee has been coming through almost daily lately. On these nights, I love to pretend it's winter. Candles lit, air conditioning blaring, Netflix fireplace on, and a book in hand ready to be opened. As I was just about to decide this is where I was going to stay all night, my phone rang. 
get clothes on, put on your red lips, we're going out, my friend demanded on the other end of the line. She wasn't taking no for an answer. I took my messy bun out of my hair and let it loose, quickly applied a light foundation, a little bronzer contour, and mascara, and opted for an off-the-shoulder black dress. One last step, apply the red lipstick. I have about 100 different shades of red lipsticks, but what I really wanted was my Chanel Red. Where the heck did I put it? Time was ticking, and my friend would be in the Uber downstairs waiting for me at any moment. I dug through my makeup bag for the 10th time, not there. I checked my Chloe bag, the one I usually carry, also not there. I checked about 500 of my other bags, also not there. For some reason, I was so dead set on finding this stupid lipstick like my life depended on it. I took drastic measures. I even went into checking the freezer and the fridge. You just never know. When I was a kid, I remember we couldn't find our wireless house telephone. For days, we searched under couch cushions and bedrooms, cupboards, only to find it frozen in the freezer. My mom probably had her hands busy, hung up the phone, and replaced it with a bag of frozen vegetables. So now, I always check the fridge and freezer because you just never know. As I was about to give up and apply the Maybelline number 382 Red For Me lipstick, there was my Chanel number 920 In Love Red, and it was sitting right on the table next to my bag. How many times do we go searching for the sunglasses just to realize they are on top of our head, or we can't find our phone when it's in our own hands? It's like love. It can be staring at you right in the face. The answer can be so clear, but if all of your time is occupied by digging through the bottom of every drawer to find it, you'll stay stuck in the phase of where do I look next? I grabbed my umbrella, my black Chloe bag, slipped on my wedges, and made my way out the door and into the Uber to meet my friend. Perfect timing, she said as I made my way into the black sedan, trying not to get my hair wet. We made our way to one of my favorite wine bars, complete with tapas. I almost didn't even make it. I couldn't find my red lipstick, I replied. She rolled her eyes, knowing Emily doesn't go anywhere without her red lips on. Caitlin has the perfect long, straight, summer blonde hair with a perfect shade of pink lipstick and a dress you would find straight from a fashion magazine. She makes style look so easy, like she is naturally runway ready always. I have to say gratitude poured through my heart at that moment. I remember feeling like it was so hard to make friends in your late 20s and early 30s. I was so afraid when I made the big move to Nashville alone that I wouldn't find my group of girlfriends. In fact, it seemed like the older I got, the less real friends I had left. People were getting married, having kids, and a lot of my high school and college friends no longer held the same beliefs I did. Now I have girlfriends calling my phone, demanding I come out, and Ubering to my place. And these aren't drinking buddy girlfriends. These are the type of women who have professional careers, are driven and ambitious, and give me the warmest hugs and best advice when I'm down. 
They're the type of women that would dance on a bar with me after a couple margaritas, but would also go to high tea at a luxury hotel. I've created this. I've become a match to this. And true, genuine sisterhood has become one of my staples in receiving more pleasure out of life. I mean, if we don't have fulfilling relationships with women, we're not fully in our pleasure center. Somehow, on the short seven-minute drive to the wine bar, we found ourselves discussing blowjobs and sex. The Uber driver totally loved the conversation with a smirk on his face as we exited the sedan and made a dash into the rain. We made our way through the crowded bar and found our other friend, Anna, sitting at a corner booth. She had on a chic denim dress and black boots. Her black hair was newly cut with short bangs, which made her look sophisticated and classy, but also edgy and sexy. Honestly, my favorite hairstyle she's had since I met her. It suits her well. Anna is one of those women everyone is naturally drawn to. Her sweet and welcome personality makes you feel like you always have a seat at the table, yet she's not afraid to give her bold opinion. As we waited for our bottle of Spanish red to come, Caitlin looked at Anna and said, she let him borrow her blender. Oh my God, it's just a blender, I replied. No, it's not just a blender. It's giving away of your space to someone who doesn't deserve it, Caitlin replied boldly and unapologetically, her blonde hair glistening. Anna sat there, took a sip of her wine and said, okay, I'm confused. Give me the details. There are no details, I replied in a laughing tone. Neighbor guy asked to borrow my blender, and I kindly said yes, referring to the next-door neighbor I had ended things with because he couldn't make up his damn mind about what he wanted, making me feel like an option. One moment he was all over me, the next moment he didn't want a relationship. It was confusing and he messed with my heart, but luckily I spotted the red flag and ran the other direction, even if it was seconds too late. The problem is, I share a wall with this man. He lives right next door. My friends know everything about this and my entire dating life as they should. No, 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 that's not it, Caitlin retorted. And Emily, I say this lovingly because I know your worth and your past. He asked for your blender, and you told him in a sweet tone, Of course, you can just go right into my apartment. My door is unlocked. Right after telling me that you've been giving him zero attention and time. I covered my eyes with my hands and giggled. I don't think things through this much. So here is what happened. Before the storm set in that day, I had shared with Caitlin the entire story of my neighbor, how I sent him the text of being done with this messy situation, and since then haven't acknowledged his presence except for a short hello when necessary. He didn't get to have my energy. But then after a couple glasses of Prosecco by the pool, who shows up? My neighbor. He came up to me, started a random conversation, and then asked if he could borrow my blender. And instantly, I melted and gave him access to walk into my space and get my blender. Now, at that time, I didn't think there was anything wrong with this. 
But once I replied to him, Caitlin sat there in the pool next to me, splashing water, mouthing no. It wasn't about the blender. It was about boundaries. And as silly as that sounded to me at the time, Caitlin was right. I was freely giving him space to enter my apartment and to use my things. It shouldn't be an option. As we explained everything to Anna while refilling our wine glasses, she agreed. Let's look at it this way, Em. Would you let him take care of Finley? Would you trust him with that? Absolutely not. Exactly, so he doesn't get to be in your life. It's not about the blender. It's about the access to you you're allowing him to have. It's an energy drain. That was a very minor example, but here's the thing. The universe will throw us pebbles to learn a lesson. Most of us don't notice the pebbles. Eventually, the universe must throw a boulder. Thank you to my girlfriends. No boulder was needed. And just like that, I realized I needed to elevate and revamp my boundaries. In certain cases, I was still letting people walk all over me, something I had been healing for a lifetime. As we finished our tapas and wine, we headed to another local bar to finish the night. After the glass at dinner, I was done drinking for the evening, but decided to stay out for just a little while longer. I mean, it wasn't even 9 p.m. We made our way to an underground, dimly lit, intimate bar. The music was loud and the bar was equipped with women dancing with fire and doing aerial from the high-vaulted ceilings. I was mesmerized watching them move. I ordered a glass of water when it hit me. No more letting men make me cry. We're done doing this. There is a way to solve this problem. Now, I know crying is inevitable. I'm an emotional and very sensitive woman. I cry during commercials, any cute TikTok videos with animals in it, and even start to cry thinking about Finley sometimes. The crying will happen. But I'm not going to be crying from breadcrumbs and men who make me feel like options because I am going to get so clear on who I am that I spot the flags immediately and will not entertain them. I will be the one to walk away which up until this point, I have been doing, except for the fact that I let it drag out longer than necessary. As soon as I see a major red flag, like someone saying they don't want a relationship with me all while acting like we are in one, I listen. But now I want to see the yellow flags. I am done giving these men a red carpet to my heart. I've done that too often. After I made my way through half a glass of water, I gave my friends a hug and headed back into the Uber toward home. I was ready to enter my new chapter. I kicked off my heels, tore off my dress, letting it hang on the kitchen chair until the morning, and slipped on my favorite robe and matching pink fuzzy slippers. I put the tea kettle on to boil some water and began my favorite new era ritual. I wrote a fake letter in my journal, clearing up any lingering energy in my mind, a tool I love doing to create closure and heal without actually having to get closure. Because here's the thing, we don't actually want closure. We want to see if he regrets it. We want to see if he will change his mind. 
let me let you in on a little secret. He hasn't. And if he has, he will be the one endlessly pursuing you. And then I grabbed a mason jar. I wrapped it up in a ribbon and wrote on it soulmate stew. And I added tiny sticky notes of things I desired in pursuit of my happily ever after. I stole this little trick from a memoir I had been reading, All Signs Point to Paris, by Natasha Sislow. I wrote things like someone who is emotionally available, someone who worships my body, hot sex, someone who knows how to turn me on, kind and loyal, desires to build a life with me, fun and adventurous, successful and financially secure, handsome, spoils me, and so on. And then every day after that, if I recalled something I didn't like from a date or even something I did like, I added that to the jar. For example, following the ending of Neighbor Man, I had started getting asked out on dates, and this time I said yes. I noticed on one of the dates that I didn't like how the guy constantly complained about money and how hard it was in this economy. That's an ick. So that's where I added to my mason jar, someone who is financially secure. In one of my favorite movies, Gentlemen Prefer Blondes, Marilyn Monroe's character says, don't you know that a man being rich is like a girl being pretty? You wouldn't marry a girl just because she's pretty, but my goodness, doesn't it help? You see, I've been holding so much guilt for stating what I actually wanted, like it's wrong to want certain qualities. When we go into an ice cream shop, we must decide what flavor we want. We choose the add-ons, if it's in a bowl or a waffle cone, we clearly communicate the exact ice cream order we desire. And we are satisfied when we get what we wanted. If you have certain qualities in the man you desire, scream it from the rooftop. Get really clear. Here's what I found really helps though. Instead of focusing so intently on small details like hair color and height or the exact job he has, look for deeper things. Instead of saying, I want a rich man, because what does that even mean? Say something like, I want a financially secure man who shares the same money beliefs as I do and wants the same things out of life. I want to feel like I am safe so I can be in my feminine. I want to feel taken care of and protected. I want to build a life together. Instead of saying, I want a man that looks like Arnold Schwarzenegger, funny story. Arnold was my very first crush when I was a little girl, hence the years of dating bodybuilders. Say something like, I desire a man who takes care of his body, who is strong and healthy, who values his health. This way, we are really energetically backing what we want. And after I filled the mason jar to the brim, I decided now I was going to start becoming the woman who was wife material, a woman who is clear in what she wants and doesn't fuck around with low vibrational energy. The next download came the next morning over coffee as I sat next to my brand new cherry red Gucci bag. Sometimes I just love staring at my bags. This was recently purchased after a couple glasses of champagne with friends at the restaurant inside of Restoration Hardware. 
I've become the woman who gets slightly tipsy, and instead of texting ex-boyfriends, I buy designer bags, which I love about myself, to be honest. This bag in particular had been on my vision board for years, and as soon as I walked through the doors of Gucci, it was love at first sight. My eyes darted straight to the bag, placed neatly on a shelf, perfectly lit. I asked to see it, and as soon as my hands landed on the bag, I knew it was my forever bag. I mean, my OPI Cajun shrimp colored nails matched it perfectly. It was meant to be. I'll take it, I cheered, the Gucci store clerk looking slightly perplexed on how easy that was. My dad used to tell me that I was a salesman's dream girl because as soon as I knew I wanted something, there was nothing stopping me from having it. Justin, the store clerk at Gucci, wrapped up my bag and poured me and my girlfriend Safa a glass of champagne. We clinked our glasses to cheers to my new bag, and I looked at Safa in the eye and said, did I really just get champagne tipsy and buy a Gucci bag out of nowhere? Usually I prepare for these type of investments. I think it threw a little bit at least. This was such a whim. She smiled brightly and said, of course, you really wanted it, duh. As I finished my cup of black coffee with my new bag that morning, it dawned on me. A quest. I have the soulmate stew concoction. All of these past dating experiences has led me closer and closer to what I want. Hell, I even had a mason jar full of sticky notes of what I wanted in a man. Now it's actually time to start the search. And I was not going to do this alone. I needed to rally the troops. Now dating apps are not really my thing, but I can see the potential of them. That could be one avenue to start trying perhaps, but I wanted more. For my love story, I was willing to put myself out there. This is perhaps the most embarrassing thing I will ever do, but something was urging me to it. Call it fate, call it an act of God, or simply call it Emily has gone a little mad. I was going to use my social media platform to find my soulmate. I mean, social media is way bigger than dating apps, and people spend a lot more time on them. Plus, my audience knows me. With mainly women following my business page, maybe one of these women could connect me to him. You just never know. And not only that, I am taking my soulmate quest by coastal and beyond. I am going to travel and look for him. Maybe he's not in Nashville. Maybe he's a sexy Italian man in Naples. Or maybe he's living on an island. Maybe he's a cowboy living in Texas. Or maybe he's a businessman in Paris. I'm not going to self-limit by staying in Nashville. We are taking this global baby. But first, we'll start in the U.S. because it just seems easier. Operation Find My Soulmate is in full effect. First things first, we must choose a destination. Yes, he could be in Nashville, and I'll have that covered while I'm home, but I have to pick a place to travel to. 
Destination number one and two is already in the works, Los Angeles, California, and Maui, Hawaii. Maui has always been my spiritual place. I visit each year, and it just so happens I already booked a solo trip on a one-way ticket. Who knows? Maybe he's super easy to find. Maybe my fantasy of meeting someone while traveling isn't in Paris. Maybe I'll be sipping a pina colada at the hotel pool when the man of my dreams sits in the lounge chair next to me. Maybe he's on a solo trip too, or maybe he's even a groomsman at his best friend's destination wedding. Next on the list, announce this on social media, which means I have to tell the men I've been going on dates with about this, or perhaps I'll just let them see it for themselves on social media. This was the scariest part for me. Travel alone, totally fine. But letting the world know on social media my intimate and deepest desires, scary. So here it went. My open love letter to the world. I wrote about my quest on Instagram and Facebook. To my surprise, the post was getting so much attention. I received encouraging words from women, writing that it was like a movie. I received stories of women who had found their soulmates. I even received a lot of intuitions, like he's in Paris or Europe or Italy or New York City. I'll meet him on a plane. I'll meet him in Nashville. Many had written to tell me to look up where my Venus line went through in something called an astrocartography chart. Supposedly, this is where you would find your soulmate. According to astrology, my soulmate was in the depths of the ocean because my Venus line went straight there. I laughed to myself. I was going to do this, really do this. It was like I had shouted to the universe, I am ready for my soulmate. But I wasn't doing this out of desperation or need. I know I didn't need someone in order to live a happy and fulfilled life. I have already created that for myself. This would be like an elevated adventure of romancing myself, traveling in pursuit of maybe finding love and taking everyone on the journey with me. For days after writing that post, women were messaging and writing me. I was buzzing. Just being in the energy of my soulmate could be here any day. He could be in any bar I go into or the grocery store or on the seat next to me on the airplane had me feeling like a million dollars. And it must have been showing. On one, on day one of the announcement, a man in my yoga class asked me out on a date. We shared our first date over tea after the class. He was sweet and interesting, an entrepreneur too, but my ring finger didn't tingle and I didn't get that feeling when I looked into his eyes. Not the one, but still sweet. Then that evening, after another wine and tapas filled dinner with my girlfriends, we decided to go out dancing. Men were coming up to me left and right. This whole soulmate quest was making me magnetic to men. It was like I was drawing them in. And as always, exes come out of the woodwork when we begin declaring our desires to the universe. Remember the man who had the girlfriend a few chapters back? He reached out asking if he could try again. 
Obviously, the answer was no, and I gave him a sassy text back because, of course. Another ex, remember New York City man from many chapters ago, asked if he could come book a flight to visit me the following day. So the new adventure begins. We can see this as season two of the Emily Diaries. See you in Maui. I'm sure I'll have a lot of stories by then. Hello, beautiful souls. Thank you so much for listening to this chapter of the Emily Diaries. I have to admit that after telling all of social media my plans on my soulmate search, I went into a three-day vulnerability hangover where every day I wanted to delete what I had written, but it was getting such a good response and I was getting such beautiful messages from the women in my audience. It just kept me going and I was definitely feeling a buzz of knowing that I was really doing this, that I was really attracting my soulmate. So what I want to share with you from the Emily Diaries and just writing my out my heart and sharing it with the world, like intimate details on my dating life and my thoughts from the beginning of, you know, all the way back to chapter one, is that when we are doing something passionate and when we are really following our desires and our soul's expression, we are going to stretch ourselves. It's going to be really uncomfortable. But that stretch is what allows us to calibrate to higher levels of energy. So I'd thought about all of the times I've stretched myself. Remember back in, I can't remember what chapter it was exactly, but one of the beginning chapters when I finally left my toxic relationship, I had to stretch myself. That was such an uncomfortable decision to make. I remember thinking when I was leaving him and packing up my things and moving in alone, if I could do this by myself, I remember thinking that maybe I would never find another man. I remember thinking I was ruined, but I stretched myself. I was bold and brave and courageous. I was stretching myself every time I hired a mentor and didn't know if it was the right decision or if my business would ever take off. But I stretched. I made the bold decision. I did the same thing every time I bought a designer handbag or when I traveled the world by myself every month in the year of 2021. And I'm doing the same thing now. I'm stretching myself, but I'm stretching myself to calibrate to a higher level of receiving, a higher level of my desires. So just remember that none of this is ever comfortable and you can see people out there doing really brave and bold things. It doesn't mean it's not scary. It doesn't mean that I cringe every time a new episode or a new chapter of the Emily Diaries comes out a little bit. Every time I talk about my soulmate search, I get a little nervous. I'm just stretching and you are too. So be proud of yourself for stretching. I can't wait to see you in the next chapter. I will meet you in Maui.